For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. Let the record show I took all the blows and did it my I couldn't ask for a better open, man. Honestly, I like Danny. First of all, thank you very much for organizing this, man. Danny Dosco's on the other side of the table here, and and we're in Montreal recording podcast. It was easy peasy, man. We just all my friends here in Montreal, man. They were they they were excited to meet you, and they were excited to come in. And I'm I'm a nobody, man. I'm just a contractor who's got a microphone. That's all it is, man. You keep, but, on, you keep on saying that, man. <laughs> I love that we're in Montreal. I love that we joked about this, and now we made it a reality. And here we are in Montreal in. A balmy minus 25 morning. <laughs> it's fucking cold. No, it's more than I got a text from you this morning, and you're like, oh, it's going to take a little while to get this car started, man. And I go outside, and it was cold. Yeah, man. Minus 35 this morning. <sighs> met you at the cafe. Where did we meet at? We met at Cafe Chocharos. So yeah. shout out to Anthony and Vito and all the guys there. Great guys. They never let me down throughout the whole pandemic, man. They've we been had open 5 a.m., the whole time. I noticed that when I was driving there that all the other cafes were closed and then these guys were open. These guys are open. Never let me down. And then we had a nice Montreal breakfast. Yeah. A nice, <laughs> a nice deluxe from Chicharro's, a coffee and a grappa. A couple or of grappas. A couple of grappas. A couple of grappas, right? So today we're, got, we're actually on the other side of the table. We got David and Pat. So we got a generational. So Pat, you've been in the business for how long? Uh, by the way, good morning. Uh, oh, sorry. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> These guys are here too. I totally Don't forgot. You guys are here. Yeah, so all that, so uh, let me get the deets first. Let's get all the deets out of here. Yeah. So David and Pat are here from Aldev, right? Aldev. Aldev Con- Construction. Yeah. You're a project manager. What's your duties, Pat? Uh, president. So. President. Okay. So you're the big top dog is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. How long has the business been? In? Uh, I created the business in 1997. Okay. So we but got I- a world of stories to share now. Yeah. A world of stories. But so he goes back way before 97. Yeah, yeah. because I'm, everyone has a beginning. That's yeah. correct. I'm second generation. David would be the third generation. My dad started a company in 1962. Oh. Uh, right here in Montreal? That's right. He immigrated to Canada in 1957. He was a little more fortunate because he came here with a trade. My dad already was a trademan from, uh, from Italy, I should say. What was the trade? He was a uh, mason. They call it a mastro back then okay so he came to uh, to canada but obviously he had to adapt with the times and uh, language and whatnot and um, uh, 1962 this is when he uh, started up on his own and slowly but surely he grew over the years he grew up until a point where he had about 30 guys and then over the years obviously uh, i was a child and uh, back then uh, I believe it or not, I started at the age of 10 years old, 10, 11 years old. My dad used to tell me, if you have no school today, well, come, you'll learn something. Come I, to the job site? or Sure, sure. I really? Said, oh, yeah. He used to uh, stay, Health stay beside Health and safety him. wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't need it. Nobody got hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Things have changed. Over the years, uh, things have changed greatly. And uh, uh, there's just one thing I want to point out is that I, I had great mentors, and one of them was my dad. He was a super, super man. He, uh, He's a teacher. He was a teacher. Yeah. And he took the time. This is, this is what I want to say nowadays with the young. A lot of people complain about the young, about the young. But I think if people take the time 
and show them the road. There's a lot of interesting trades out there, a lot of interesting trades. It's just because sometimes people don't take the time. Uh, you know, it takes time to, to school a, a, a young person. And don't forget, that young person many times doesn't know if that's what he likes too. So you have to give them the chance. Many times it works, sometimes it doesn't work. They haven't found their calling they yet. They haven't found a calling yet. And, and I mean, I know that we've shared on the show a number of times that there is that stereotype attached to the younger generation here. And I know, Danny, you brought it up too about, okay, I'm a Gen X, right? So I'm, I'm like, we were complained about by the baby boomers. And I guess we're complaining about the millennials and millennials are going to complain about Gen Z mm -hmm. and so on and so on, whatever it is. But I think that the one thing I love about construction and the industry is when you do find the good guys and girls, they are willing to teach. It's just whether or not you want to listen. Correct. That's yeah. all it is, right? But there are some yeah. bad teachers out there in the industry that That's don't right. care. They don't have the passion. Maybe they lost it, right. and they're not interested in passing it on. But I think there's a fair amount of people in this industry right. that do want to pass it on. But there's one thing I want to point out is that uh, in Quebec, we are pretty much... Uh, controlled by the CCQ. It's la Commission de la Construction du Québec. Those don't magic three letters. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> get me started. At one point, <laughs> because I've been in industry for at least 40 years, there's one thing I want to point out. When did it begin? Uh, originally, it was called the OCQ, Office de Construction du Québec. Then it changed and became a Commission de la Construction du Québec. Okay. Uh, the exact years, I can't say, but from when I could remember, it's it's been there. It affected you it, as a business abso owner. Absolutely. But did it affect your dad? Oh, yes, it did. Okay. But it, it was much, much more lenient. It wasn't as difficult as it is today. I'll say difficult uh, as it is today. One thing I want to point out is that I also blame the government a little bit because... Get in at line. One point, you, know, you know what's funny? We were at the cafe and Pat is like, nah, I don't want to talk about this stuff. The first no, this, point this, is these are true out. facts. These are true facts. Well, I mean, you guys I, were I telling me it. off mic. You, and I, I, and I lived I, it. I, I lived it. Yeah, I lived it. So you've experienced it. Listen, yeah, just go, a second. Go, go. Uh, they had all these immigrants coming in, wanted to work in the construction industry. It was very simple. Go to the CCQ, sign, pay 100 bucks. They give you a card. You're off to work. For many years... The governments weren't giving out cards anymore. So they what's just happening? Stopped. You just stopped. They were saying that the basins were full. You had to you had to ask them to send you people, so long as les bassins were opened. Okay, this is a way of controlling the amount of people going into the construction industry. And also My controlling the you, that you're hiring people that are. Carded. In Quebec, yeah. carded. Carded. right? Quebecer local people, Quebec local people, <laughs> and yeah. carded. But True. can we can True. we all agree that construction industry is a little difficult to begin with to get good working people? So why would you stop that flow of people wanting to get into the industry? It's a good point. I can't answer all the. That's got to be a political move back then or something. My my point is what I was trying to get at is that at one point you had. For many years, nobody was going into the industry. They couldn't get these cards to get into the competition cards to get into the industry. So what happened is as the years go by, you have the guy that's 50, 55, close to retirement, and then you have the young guy that's coming in because the government realized, oh, it's, you know, there's not enough people. We, we need more people in the industry. So they'll open up the doors, and you get the guy that's 55, 50, and you get the guy that's 20 years old. You don't have anybody in between. I lived this through my life, mm. and I've seen the problem. So the guy that's 50 and 55 doesn't have the patience anymore to train the kid that's coming in and starting off and wants to make a career out of this. So I find that that was one of the problems.
in our industry. One of the beginning, one of the beginning problems, I guess. One of the beginning problems. Right. So did that change? So now it's free for all. Anybody can come in. There's no stoppage. No, same thing. Oh, it's same thing going on. Same thing going on. It's very hard to get. And as a matter of fact, as my son David is is telling me that it is quite difficult to get into the construction industry. So when did you get in, David? When did you begin? I started working full time, maybe about ten years ago. Okay. How young are you? I'm 26. Oh, what a baby, huh? Yeah. Well, and you're a little older than me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 60. Yeah. And then oh, you're in your 30s. 36 in February. Go. So we got a nice cross-section here. Mm. I think so, yeah. Right. So I 10 years so. ago, you were in your teens, and then you chose it because of your dad, or you chose it because you loved it? Honestly, it, it started off same like my grandfather with my father. It was like Saturdays. Hey, you know what? We got something going on in the job site. Come by. And... And um, so it, it, it wouldn't necessarily be that I would be like building stuff. It would be like, hey, you know what? Today we've got to broom the floor. So you start off by doing that. You're, you know, eight years old. You start off cleaning. Eight and you, years uh, old. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, it's not necessarily working. You're just following him, right? He's got stuff going on. He says, you know what, Dave? There's a broom, clean up. And doing that, you know, you see what's going on. You yeah. understand. And now that I'm 26 years old, I look back. Like, I saw things when I was eight years old that people today in their 40s, 50s don't understand of, you know, what welding is or what pouring concrete means or, you know. So, I, like, I think that for me, it, it's so simple today. But I take those lessons when I was eight, ten years old, whatever, uh, and I take it for granted today. And I look back, it's like, wow, like, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. To I was in the same boat. My dad was a mason, and when he was doing stuff around the house, I would just, I was the only... I have two brothers, two sisters, but I was the only sibling that was paying attention to it. And when I was at that young age, I didn't understand it, but I was mesmerized by it. And then later on, when you get into the industry or you get a little older and you realize that's why he was doing it that Mm -hmm. way. That's why he did it that way. And and you start picking up the little tricks of the trade. And Mm -hmm. those are the things that, like you said, Pat, most of them don't have the patience to teach those things to the younger generation. So how else are they going to find that? Right. How are but they going to absorb it? That's where the disconnect is right now. Did your dad have the patience to teach you, or was it more yeah. like a school of hard knocks kind of? A bit of both, honestly. Like my father is a very old mentality, which honestly is fantastic. For well, yeah, that's um, what we spoke about too. It's the old school mentality is a good yeah. mentality. Yeah. I guess. But he also had the patience to 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 take time and to teach me things. Yeah, I mean, I I, I honestly I'm super grateful that that my father took time and to teach me things. And today it's like. For me, it's a no-brainer doing any job, right? Also, the fact that if I have a problem, I could just, you know, hey, pa, him, how yeah. did you do this? Or how do we do that? Or who do you call for this, you know? And Pasqua, how was it for you? Well, like? I'm, happy, I'm happy to hear that because <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, felt, I felt the exact same way with my dad. Believe it or not, my dad had retired, and I was taken upon interesting work. And many times I would go up to him and ask him for advice because he always told me 50% of the job is if you know how to uh, uh, tackle the job. 50% of yeah. the job is done. Mm-hmm. It's, all, that's all, it's, all, it's all about that. But and I was fortunate enough to, to, to have him because he would tell me, if you do this way, in my experience, he would tell me, I did this way, these were the results. I did the other way, and those were the results. Choose. Is he, it because of the younger generation now doesn't have the time to think the process through before doing it? I, I think there's, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're in the construction industry. And an old fellow came up to me once and said, 
I don't care about your papers. I want to know what your mileage is. Show me what you did. So true. It is so very true. true. Yeah, absolutely. Because every job is different. They're the same in one way, but different in another. Uh, again, I was very fortunate to have these mentors. And like I said, if the kids of today have somebody to take the time and teach them, I'm sure they're going to have a lot more people in this industry. I'm, I'm, convinced. I'm convinced. So let's let's eliminate the family connections here because there's always in construction, there's always family connections. What if you are that black sheep that's coming out of nowhere you don't have the family connections and you are in your 20s and you are passionate you're hungry for construction how can that person reach out to somebody you got to be persistent and very patient because the, the way the system is designed is that you go through trade schools go to trade schools and then after that you have to start sending cvs to companies and wait upon somebody that's willing to take you in as uh, an apprentice, and uh, you have to take the time and, and teach these, the, these kids. And it's not one or two or three times you send this out. It's one or 100, oh, 300, plenty, 400 plenty. times. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll keep the same angle and saying these young kids, you got to come in and let's say you're working with a company like these guys. you got to be motivated and you got to be able to work hard. Like, mm. that's my angle, and it'll always be my angle since podcast day one. you got to be able to work hard and you got to show these guys. It's very tough to come into the industry, and you're not getting a big pay when you're an apprentice. So when you're starting off in the industry, you're not getting a big pay. So it's very hard to stay motivated and work hard and show your boss. But if your boss sees that, if these guys hire someone that's working hard and is like into it, then after they're gonna say, okay, you know what? I see some potential in this guy. Let me grab him and let me teach him. But if you're coming in and dragging your feet, you won't no last. One's, no one's gonna wanna no teach you. No one's gonna wanna teach you. No one's gonna wanna spend their effort on you. Well, if yeah. you if you're doing it just for the paycheck, don't get into the industry. No. You know, like you, we quickly see it. If a guy comes on jo on the job, like we know automatically within the first ten minutes, like oh, okay, this guy's not gonna last, or why? Well, you know what? This guy's pretty good. Like let's you know let's keep working with him. I've always said that construction regarding payment because the thing is, I just did a show recently with a, a trade school teacher back in Toronto, and I asked him what is like the number one question that the students. Do? So these are teenagers that are in high school. What's the number one question that they ask? And they were always asking, what's the highest paid? Mm. trade and his response which i thought was a great response it's the hardest working trade yeah that's who's going to make the most amount of money right and i i honestly believe that and i think construction's a lot like compound interest everybody's familiar with that where in the very beginning you you put a little bit into it it just looks like it's nothing but then all of a sudden it starts to grow and grow and grow and then it just spikes so your knowledge is the same thing you keep on feeding into it, you keep on feeding into it, it's just gonna spike at some point, and then all of a sudden you'll get opportunities to make more and to work more and to work with other people. It's really about the relationships as much as it is about the family, right? Yeah, Sorry. exactly. Well, like, like I had mentioned on the, on the 200 show, I think that's one of our ways to advance in that, is that we really have to, us as an older, I wanna say an older generation, we have to put our mind in saying, let's try to find these people and let's try to teach them and grow with them and we got to get to that point where we're able to you know it's not your son but you're gonna have to kind of treat him like your son you know but what these guys are saying and that is that took time to teach him and show him it's like a bit like foreign to me because that's not the way i learned you were told <laughs> it was a bunch of you're stupid and hurry up and, and there's, there's and shut uh, up but, but there's okay, that part I'll of it I'll compliment something to that. When <laughs> I when I had uh, first started, uh, I'm a tradesman. Uh, I'm a mason by trade. This is what I started as as, as a child. 
uh, my father advised all his men. He says, nobody takes any orders from my son because my son is very young. He thinks he knows, but he doesn't know. You take instructions from my son, I'm not going to like you. So at one point, you know, these, 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 these employees uh, that were working for my dad, sometimes they would ask me questions and I would, I, I don't know, I, wouldn't, I just wouldn't answer because I knew that I wasn't apt to give any instructions. But then as I got older, I started to realize I know why my dad was doing that because he just wanted me to learn. He wanted me to learn the trade and he kept telling me, you have to learn the trade before you speak it. If you don't know anything about the trade, how can you speak it? Mm. So, it, we, you know, I, I, I listened to him. Uh, don't get me wrong. He was he was good, though. He, he but he had patience. He which had you patience. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh. Mm. That's, was that, that's patience? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You have to have patience. And I, I honestly I, believe that anybody that gets into this business eventually becomes a teacher. You have, to, you have to be willing. And I'm sure that you're 26, David. So mm -hmm. it's like. I'm sure you're already speaking to some guys in their late teens, early 20s that are asking the questions that you not too long ago were asking. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's hard to encourage someone, like let's say, I, like today, whatever, we're dressed nice, we got a nice brand new hoodies, thank you, Danny. <laughs> thank you, Danny. <laughs> thank you, uh, Construction Touché. Life Montreal hood. <laughs> thank you to Touche and uh, my friend uh, Steve there. People are gonna wanna buy these now. You're gonna have to figure no. it out. They're for sale, it's 100 bucks a pop. <laughs> All proceeds so, go to uh, the more grappa. So to encourage someone when I'm, you know, fully, you know, full sometimes of cement, sometimes, you know, wood, like you get cut. And so it's, it's not easy to encourage a young guy. But like, hey, why don't you come in the industry? But like at the same time, you're like filthy and, you know, you're tired or I don't know, you cut yourself. It's, it's hard. You, you got to find a you got to find a young person that's that has the. The will to create something, or the the or the passion to to do this industry, it's it's hard to to really encourage uh, a young guy. And also, to get into the industry, it's tough. Like as it's a tradesman, tough. it's yeah. very very tough. I my best friend, who's a civil engineer, wants to wants to become a carpenter, but it's like, how do I get in? You know, I'm looking at it. Well, just like your dad said, it's persistence, yeah, right? It's yeah. just you constantly keep on knocking on the. I've heard of guys, and even in this weather, just constantly going to job sites, just yeah. letting them see their face over and over. And they're like, you again? You again? Mm -hmm. You again? Yeah. Eventually, you again is going to be like, come on in. Absolutely. It yeah. will happen. And speaking to your point about dirty clothes, like I, when I got into construction, everyone thinks that it's dirty clothes, so you're beneath everybody else. Like, so you, you're comparing yourself to a person who's wearing a $2,000 suit or whatever. Occasionally, I would actually just do it just for my own sake. I'd walk into a Mercedes-Benz dealership or something like that, that way. And I wanted to see, are there still human beings out there that will still treat you like a human being? I looked at my workwear as a uniform. It's no different than a police or an ambulance or a suit or a banker. It's the same thing. It's just, and, and technically speaking, sometimes our workwear is even more expensive than that suit. So Absolutely. don't don't dismiss yourself just because you're wearing you think or society thinks dirty clothes. It's not. It's very clean clothes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I so agree. It, and and it's it's I think it's better than a suit right now. I'm looking at it now, it's better than a suit. I agree. I, I agree. Because you could be a teller at the bank and be wearing a suit, right? But 
There's so many of them. There's so many of them. So and few, not of, few of us. Very, very little exactly. skilled so tradesmen out there. Yeah. So I walked tradesmen. into the cafe this morning and I said, it's the first time I see them in regular person clothes. <laughs> you didn't recognize I've never, them. I've never <laughs> seen them in any clothes besides work clothes. He always wears a checkered shirt and his jeans. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> the plaid shirt? Yeah, the plaid shirt. The plaid shirt. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah you, you won't see us at Chicharro's uh, at 7 o'clock during the week, that's for sure. No, well, I'm there at 5.30, so if you want to come, 5.30 is the you time. You guys are getting the day started. You got to yeah, get to yeah, the yeah. job site. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I want to just, uh, we got little segments during the course of the show, but I totally forgot that, you know, the, the, the email or the website is www.aldevinc.com. Correct. And then on Instagram, it's A-L-D-E-V construction. Yes. And on Instagram, right? Yes. And then to reach out to you, David, it would be D P E P E at A L D E V I N C dot com. Correct. Perfect. I want to what's your Instagram? <laughs> I want to you know, you know, He doesn't need it. We need to get well, him one. Well, I'm, I'm here, I, I got to mention this. myself today. Huh? I'm here to enjoy myself. Well, that's good, man. Yourself. Well, we, he, David was saying that he had a hard time convincing you. So, two weeks ago, when, when no, when, when Danny's first podcast came out, I, I showed my father. I'm like, hey, Pa, Danny's on a podcast. He looks at me like, What's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I so, said the same thing. I know. And now he's acting. He's a seasoned vet already, man. It's Your another voice, way man. to mentor the next generation. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. what I what I really am proud of is that they'll go to work and they'll put their earbuds on and they'll listen to the show. And then they'll come across an eight-hour, ten-hour day and they will listen to bricklayers, framers, GCs, business people that are in the industry. And they'll get insight on True. what to do Absolutely. and how to do it and how to, and and we've taught we've taught many of people here and it's kind of like motivating too man yeah like, uh, what's his name righteous contracting there he texts me he's, and he keeps motivated he's hungry he's hungry. And he's hungry and and he's in and wyoming yeah, right. So that's like I've, I've had so many conversations, uh, welders in California, like it just goes. And I love that this particular show. So right now, Pat, you just you'll know it's in over 60 countries. There's people in Africa listening to you. There's people in the UK listening right. to you, Australia. I got someone in West Australia. Yeah, to reach out to because the construction Sick. is international. It that's is. what I love about it. So as my as much as we're talking about our building codes or our techniques here. But the thing is, the skill the, the mindset and how you should approach this, that's universal, that's global, that, that relates to anybody that's on any job site. So that's why I like it, right? And it's a great community, man. It really yeah. is a great community, and that's why I love doing these things, man. Because again, the mentality is like like Manny is saying, the mentality is all the same, man. You could you talk to someone across the world, but you'll talk to them the way we're talking to each other right now, and it's totally normal. You, you know what I mean? So. That's what really got me into your podcast. So, years, years ago, you I know you dropped me a line a few times here yeah, and there, yeah, and like, absolutely. and then I think it was—I don't know if it was you or somebody else—was like, "Why don't you come to Montreal?" And I was like, "Montreal's like five hours away. Why don't I come to Montreal?" It's fucking cold in Montreal. <laughs> no, I'll keep on coming. That's the thing. But we totally forgot. Yeah, I mean, David brought cookies here and oh, yeah, some yeah. water, and we have obviously yeah. some grappa here. <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting Please. day. It's gonna be an interesting day. Heavenly taste cookies. Is this a local place here? Yeah, so it's a local place, really not far from here. What's uh, it called? Heavenly taste biscotti. Nice. They are a family-run business. They're uh, really good, fantastic. Try them out. Okay, so Danny wants to do a shot of grappa here. I 
it's and I love that we can do a podcast and we don't have any censorship from any broadcast or whatever. It's the only way I'm going to stay here for 10 hours. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, you guys got a long... I mean... That, I'm, tr- I'm trying to compare to what we did. This is easy. I'm trying to give you the same hospitality Carl, no, Carlito gave me when I came to Toronto. <laughs> Carlito was passing out. That's what it was. I actually lasted longer than Carlito. Manny, I have to say... Yeah, I, sorry. I, so I listened to your, your 24-hour podcast. Taha... Yeah, oh my crewman group. Crewman group. I, I love hanging out with that guy because when I hang out with that guy and I speak to him, the amount of positive energy that comes off this individual is insane. He could be in the worst environment on a job site, completely covered in dirt, freezing wet, and he still loves it. Yeah. He loves it. His energy is unbelievable. It's I, un- I laugh. He's an amazing guy, <laughs> an amazing, and his crew is amazing. Totally. We're gonna we're gonna drink to him. Yeah. What's his name? Taha. Taha. T, T from Crewman Group. This is for Cheers. you. Salute. Cheers. The Cheers. first grappa's for you. <laughs> and for Carlitos. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. <clears throat> so I want to ask you gentlemen, we have this thing called a construction bone to pick. I guess you might have a few bones to pick <laughs> over the years. I don't know if you've got a bone or one bone <laughs> to pick, but is there anything, I guess, over the course of your, your, your career stood out? Things, little things that keep people kept on doing that made no sense. Why would they do it that way? Why didn't they build do it better, differently? Or is there like a, a constant theme in that? It does it have to be a technique, or could it? No, be? it could be. It could be anything related to construction. So I got one thing. Uh, last year, I so in Quebec, to be a licensed contractor, you need to pass your RBQ license. What's that? It's a it's a government board that gives us our license to contract. Le Régie du Bâtiment du Québec. Okay. So I passed my exam last year because he has his RBQ, but he cannot pass that on to me. I got to get one of my own. What's involved in the exam? Is it just building uh, no, building codes? It's building a code. Codes. Yeah. Okay. So it's four parts. One's the code, construction code. The other one is uh, security. Technique. Uh, no, nothing to do with construction. Well, accounting, uh, security, code, and there was one more. Security? Yeah. What would be the purpose of security? So the procedure on site, if someone gets hurt, how long does oh, he so have to health, stay? Oh, so health, health and health, safety. Health, health, safety, health, yeah. Health, safety. Oh, okay. I guess you call it health and safety. Yeah. Safety, we call it uh, security. Santé, security. Yeah, okay, French. all right. So my, I, I wrote, um, so I, I completed my course last year, and in the in the course were about about 30 that passed the exam. So in that 30... How many people? Uh, 30, 30 people were in the class. Okay. I don't know how many passed. I don't know how many failed. I'm, I'm assuming everybody passed. Okay. But... My, my problem with this was the people in my class, some of them had zero construction experience. And once you pass these exams, you can build whatever you want. 40 stories. That's dangerous. Condos. You could do houses. So it's like, how, how do they give you? Like, I'm, like I, I don't want to you know, put down anybody, but the, the guy right next to me, we're talking about steel studs. No, uh, in French, we call it list. Uh, the What's in list in English? Uh, the specs or no? The bottom, the bottom track of a steel stud. Uh, the U bar. Bottom track. A U channel. A U channel. Okay. Bottom track. Yeah. So in French, it's in list. Uh, and someone looks at me. He's like, "Hey, what's in list?" I'm like, "Well, I was explaining to him. You know, you put up a wall. He's like, you it's know, the on basics. 16, the base. It's like the guy was like, I never saw, I never saw that before." And it's like, you're about to get a license that you could build anything. Technically, once you get that license, you could build anything. Whatever you want. 
anything you could you could subcontract and you could actually build anything you so want Pat, you, you, you were going to say so something to that yeah. so so david's got a very good point uh, as a matter of fact i'll compliment to what he was saying this is what i also wanted to mention is that years ago in order for me to become a general contractor you have to write this exam to be a uh, one of the prerequisites of this exam is that you had to have a full carded uh, trade. This is back then. Whatever the trade is, yeah. meaning you've spent at least three years. They're asking for a minimum of six thousand hours to so accumulate your apprenticeship hours, so to speak, or your exactly. trade hours. Your apprenticeship, uh, your apprenticeship is is complete. Okay. You become a compagnon, full carded tradesman. In order to write these exams to become a general contractor, you. Uh, uh, you have to have this, this, uh, this trades. The government opened up the doors to everybody. Why they did that, I don't understand. So what's happening is that the guy that delivers pizza, the cab driver, he the can postman, write it. they can write it. Anybody that writes this exam and succeeds automatically becomes a general contractor. And there My was a point, bunch of them during the pandemic that, that wrote the exams. Of course. My yeah. point, as well as David, uh, David's point, is... These people have absolutely no experience whatsoever. No, How absolutely. could they build? They're relying on their tradespeople. This is not the way I was brought up. No, no, absolutely not. A and general contractor, agree with me or not, we are the conductor of the orchestra. Yeah. Quarterback. We're, we're in charge. You're the quarterback. We foresee the problems. Yeah. We know who to call. We know which way to tackle this, this, this project that we have. That's called mileage, what I was talking about before. Yeah. Because every job is different. The problems that you've uh, uh, encountered in your last project, you keep in mind. Because many times it costs you money. This is how you learn. So this is our point. So if, if everybody is, is, is a general contractor that you know, thinks they're general contractors just by writing this exam, what's going to happen? This is a problem. Well, what's going to happen is that they're going to cut our prices because they don't know what it entails, right? So they're yeah, going to well, they're cut you, so you'll lose contracts we'll, we'll, to somebody we'll who doesn't have experience. Who doesn't know that what it actually costs because let's look he on the hasn't other side actually done it with his hands, right? We know what it takes. We know right. that if we want to convince a guy that wants to pour a slab of cement, and you know, we know that we're going to have to pay him well, and and we know that we're not relying on his. We know what his skill entails. Whereas the person who has no experience doesn't know what it entails, right? I know, but at the end of the line, it's the client that's paying all the time, which I don't think. Well, it's is always fair. dictated by the numbers, and that's yeah, a but whole that's the numbers argument, exactly. Right? You know? That's the argument that we're gonna have for the rest of our and life. I, but and, and I love that you bring up mileage because mileage is experience, and and you learn from your mistakes, oh, right? And I, Dave, you were gonna say something. Well, yeah, I was about to mention the client. So in all of this, the client is like sold a dream that they could build a house with example four hundred thousand dollars but uh, in in the end no it doesn't cost you four hundred thousand it's going to cost you a lot more but the gc doesn't know that because he goes in this uh, yellow page or i don't know whatever they use today the yellow page oh okay let's call a carpenter okay yeah no problem let's put up a house two thousand square feet no problem that's your price okay no, but what if he calls the bottom guy on the but that's exactly Pole. what happens. Yeah, but and he you know gives what? them the price, and that's yeah. what he thinks that price is. Let's get three prices, lowest price, you're the winner. The Mason, lowest price, you're the winner. Well, it doesn't but, work that but way. But you know what? For me personally, thinking about it this way, I don't even want those clients. 
I don't want but them. But the, the unfortunate thing, Danny, is that that's the majority of the industry. Yeah, but we're Correct. skilled enough and we have enough experience and enough contacts, like people like us that have been around forever, that we're able to pick and choose. So I don't want that client that's getting four prices. So I you want know that what's going to happen? So you're limited, Danny. Yeah. So you're closing on into your business. You can't grow now. You you, you, know? you plateau at that point. No, well, growing would be another whole other business plan for me. But if I want to stay and we want to stay, you guys are two, right? You guys mm -hmm. are three, right? If we want to stay how we are, we don't want to go and get that client that is going to call 10 people and say, okay, I'm going to take the lowest one. Because also now you're working with, with a client who really doesn't understand the business either at this point, right? But that's 95% of the clients out there. Can I bring up there. a point, Danny? I'll, let me bring up a point. You're a mason, okay? Yes, and this, this, this is a true fact. So the general contractor is the guy that just went and write the exam, okay? Passed the exam, he's a GC. He puts up this house. You know, there's a lot of logistics behind GC. There's, for example, papers that have to be installed, which many times it's the responsibility of the GC. The GC overlooks the big picture. He overlooks like every, every aspect of this project where things could go wrong. And I've had this uh, brought up to me. This project is being put up. They forgot to put blue skin around the, the membrane, windows. Yeah. Membrane around yeah. the windows. The mason, Classic. the mason comes in, starts putting up his brick because he's paid to install bricks. Yeah. Gives him the price, gets the job. He reaches up at the windows, there's no paper there. Most of masons, what are they gonna do? I would hope to, to Jesus that they would put the blue skin. I hope. The GC yeah. is, you. has no knowledge of putting this paper or membrane that goes there. You're putting up the brick. You've got uh, five, eight guys on the scaffold. You reach at a certain point. There's no, there's no uh, blue skin, Salin, Nevastra. I'll call it whatever you want. Yeah. What's the mason gonna it, do? It's I'll tell you. Eighty percent of the times, he's just probably gonna pass straight. That yeah. makes me very sad. Okay. That makes me very well because sad. I think six that down, that six months down the line, we have the water, water infiltration. Yeah. Whose problem is it? Yeah, the GC's Are, problem, of course. What's the GC? Who's the GC going to go I know, go but after? that GC that wrote that test that was previously driving the taxi cab has folded up shop because he's gone to a different endeavor. Well, this, this is what we wanted is our construction industry? No, we don't want that. That's well, where that's, it's... That's I think my it, point. I think that's it's a 90-10. Well, I think the 90 is those guys that want to fly by. 10 actually care about this industry. The 10 needs to keep on pushing the 90 down and making the 10 grow. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I was saying these clients that are looking for these type of contractors, these contractors are going and take this type of job new into the industry and wanting to build this house, the client that's speaking to this contractor for the first time, if you have any sort of little knowledge about construction, you're going to understand that this guy is, it's his first rodeo. So whose real know? fault is it though? I, I understand that the fault eventually falls on the GC because a detail like that was overlooked, whether through inexperience or just they didn't care. But is it really the GC's fault at that point when the client was pressing the GC to hire the cheapest person? Cheapest person comes in going, I've got a crew of six people. I pay them piecemeal, so I pay them a set rate. You have to get this wall done today. If well, you don't get this wall done today, you don't get paid money. So as they're going up, I'm not going to spend extra time to put the blue skin on. No, the way I would operate that situation. Well, but that's what happens in reality. The way I would operate would be, hey, we're at this. These windows need blue skin. It's going to cost you X amount of dollars. Do you want to do it? Yes or no? It was no. part of your contract. 
It was part of your contract. You're putting up bricks. You foresee that you need that. But now the you're going back skin. to the client and you're ruffling See? feathers. Yeah, well, look. My point L- is, is we're is creating a, small, a problem. Yeah, yes. you're creating a problem. Because you of know, like, lack of experience. This is my GC point. Is what a I would do, solver. I would call the GC and say, bring me the blue skin and I'll install it. And then you try to get okay, that Okay, this is a small extra. example. Exactly. It's too this small, small of an example. example. Yeah. Many times I do a lot of uh, pharmaceutical. I deal with engineering firms. Uh, again, I'm involved with these people because of mileage. I've done so many jobs. They've ex- tried me out and they see what, and believe it or not, my dad used to work with the fathers of the kids, which I'm dealing today. <laughs> Actually, and just is, yesterday, and we're on a client that my grandfather uh, used to service, that my father used to service. So now we're like a third generation. So the that's present, pride. That's, yeah, that's exactly. pride. Exactly. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. I'll go out of my way to make sure that I satisfy these clients. And as a matter of fact, I know the buildings more than they do. Yeah. And we just had a situation. This is true, and I'm so proud of this. This is so true. I know the grounds of this building. We had to uh, put in this mezzanine because of expansion. They needed more room, so we went up, expansion, so whatnot. Is I know the grounds were not stable. Hmm. The engineer designed some size footings. I took it on hand. I expanded those footings. When it came to calculating his loads, he says, you know something? Those footings are not big enough. I says, don't worry about it. I already foresaw. I made them bigger. How did he respond? He deals with me all the time. He deals with me all the time. This this is a, a beautiful note that you're bringing up because you're planting seeds a decade ago. The way, my, did. the way my father yeah. did it for me. But try to explain that to a, a, a younger generation today that you have to plant these seeds today for right. jobs that you're going to have for your business later on. Wow. That's difficult for them to absorb that. So I hope many people listening to this pick this up on This is your it. chance, Pashkwa. Pick Tell up them on this it. is your chance. It's and important. And it's the, important. Day, the day I get to the door up there, <laughs> he'll tell me. <laughs> You did a great job. You did good or not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and and this is the angle that I and I, I know that it I keep on repeating it. This is the but this is my angle, right? We need to have more of this mentality in our job and more pride. We're losing a lot of pride. We're losing a lot of pride in the work, you know, like me with my family, that's the pride. The pride is that we get the call, "Hey, uh, your dad did my dad's house 20 years ago. I want to hire you guys for that." It's very tough. It's no be price tough. for that. There's, There's no, no price, price for that. No I know, but pride, it should be like the number one marketing tool in your business. 100%. Any Absolutely. person that wants to legitimately be in this business for the next four decades, because if you're getting started in your 20s, you hopefully want to retire in your 50s or 60s, right? And and retire on, a, on the highest note possible. You want to take that pride and carry that marketing tool for four decades. Because you will get work in decade one, two, three, and four, and then you'll be able to pass it on. My biggest gripe when I got started in the business 15 years ago, a lot of the older guys were saying, I don't have a son or daughter who wants to take over my business. They've all gone to other industries. And they've always said, I'm not interested in construction. So when I fold up, my business is done. done. My brand is done. It's done. And that's, that's a shame because I think every construction business has an opportunity to continue past the original person that started it. Right. Uh, were you one of those, Pashqua, that you like? You, you said, I don't want my son to go into construction. I want you to go not to school. All. No, not uh, at all. You, you, I just you. want him to be happy and make sure that he chooses what he likes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have two children. 
my daughter, uh, she 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 ate books. She studied. She she loves reading. She's. Uh, that's uh, not me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but, not, but David, you realize there's lots of books in construction, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so just she, saying, there's lots of books. She studied. I, I read the plan in Ottawa for <laughs> for seven years. Uh, she she she's doing very well for herself. David, on the other hand, the mother, same father, same mother. David, uh, uh, we pushed him to private school uh, in his uh, in his high school t uh, days, and um, he was miserable. And uh, I said to my wife, I said, you're going to destroy the kid. Said, Just let him go back to school in public with his friends. Yeah. And his mother was very strict on him and says, you know, okay, you'll go back with your friends, but I want to see marks, otherwise you're going back to private school. Hmm. So he went back, he did his job, he maintained his marks, got out of high school, decided to become a draftsman. David's a draftsman. He, uh, he finished his schooling, and then uh, one day he says, okay, now I did my schooling, I want to do what Let's I like to, to do. <laughs> Yeah. I want to do what I want to do. So I says, what do you want to do? He says, I want to do projects. I like to work in the construction industry. Well, come in. No problem. As long as you enjoy it. I never pushed my kids to do this, do that. You got to become this. You got to become a lawyer or a doctor. Never. No. They have to like. They have to enjoy They it. have to find it. They have to yeah, find you it. Have they to have to find enjoy it. Though. You have to find it. Every kid has something to find. Right. That's that, It's just a matter of how long it takes. Some takes a little bit longer, but... I've always said, like, when you read KFC, it didn't start until the 60s. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 there's no timeline. But I mean, with the, today's generation, it's this, 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 now, 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 now. But the, other than the kids asking the teachers what's the highest paying trade to get into, the next thing that I hear when people get started in the industry and they're in their 20s and they start establishing their business, the next thing I hear is, how do I get leads? And we know you, like Pat, myself, and Danny, we're probably all old school where it's all word of mouth, right? But a lot of these guys are buying into Homestars and Angie's List and all these other things, but they don't realize that it's, it, those are leads to the bottom. You're competing to the lowest price. And, and like you said, Danny, like, do you really want to deal with those clients? No, maybe I'm lucky because there's a small community of bricklayers, so I'm able to pick and choose. Maybe I'm lucky in that sense, but I don't want to deal with these clients. I don't think any of us having all these years of experience want to deal with these clients, right? You want your clients to know that this is what what I cost because of, like you say, the mileage that I have, you mm -hmm. know? Not not interested in, in becoming part of a bidding war to get your to get your business. You know? What do you guys do when it gets a little bit slow? Like, what did your dad do when it got a little bit slow and he got a little bit nervous that there wasn't work coming in? Uh, answering for my dad, uh, good point, uh, good question. Uh, I remember my dad having uh, a crew of men. Uh, employees were loyal to my dad. My dad was loyal to them. Uh, many times, uh, instead of doing a 40-hour week, he would split it up in a 32-hour week. So everybody would have a little bit of, you know, everybody would work a little bit up until when uh, work would be more available. Uh, we also did jobs in Ottawa. We traveled uh, all summer back and forth from Ottawa. There was uh, years which was uh, difficult in the 80s. I don't know if you remember. Well, the recession. Recession time. Yeah. Mm. We, uh, we got some jobs. Uh, my dad also had a big clientele, Jewish clientele. Uh, we built some synagogues uh, in Ottawa. Um, we, we, we managed. We managed. We always, he always mm. tried to keep his men. That's one thing that nowadays doesn't really exist. No, a man. company 
a company loyalty oil yeah, uh, owner sure. of a company i can speak for myself for my dad he was very loyal to his employees he used to tell me all the time i spend more time with my employees than my family so it's important it's for me true. to get so it's important it's important for me to get along with them. A lot of new business owners will And when will somebody eat. wasn't happy with what was going on, I would, my dad would go up to them and speak to them, what's the problem, what is it? And I, 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 could, I can remember so clearly. Uh, he was very good to them, and uh, we were a family all together. Uh, I remember lunchtime uh, during the summer. I wasn't, uh, we weren't in school, and I used to work for my dad. By the way, I never worked for anybody but my dad. Uh, lunchtime... We would all sit together and eat together. If there was a problem somewhere or there was a pour of concrete somewhere not finished, everybody would together would go help. When it was over, we would sit down. It was it was a family. It was a family. Yeah, that's, that's nowadays, rare. That's rare. See, that nowadays, mentality is it's gonzo, man. Nowadays, as uh, as a general contractor, when I do jobs, you have so many tradespeople on the job, and twelve o'clock comes. Who's working? Who's not working? I hear stories. Hey, it's twelve o'clock. I don't want to hear any noise. So you hear all this. My Uber Eats conflicts. hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They, they loyalty is what's gone. I believe. I, I guess my generation, they had a passion for whatever they were doing. If there was an issue, they would take time and and think about it. Whereas today, it's like, okay, let's get this job done. Let's move on to the next one. Now, to, there's, today, there's if no there's an issue, you got to call the architect and well, the that's, engineer, that's, and that's yeah. going to take I'll five tell you weeks. A story. I'll tell you a little story about the passion. When I was in my apprenticeship, when I was a kid, I was 16, 17 years old, and my dad says, by now, you could start installing because you're, you, you're done with laboring. It's time for you to move on. And uh, my dad would choose an employee. He says, okay, you're going to work with this guy. So this guy, he made sure that you learned to trade. So he would get beside him, and he would teach you step by step. He wanted you to learn correctly. The reason why is because he would say, well, who taught Pat how to install? Who was yeah. it? Was it Michael? Was it Frank? Was it Joe? So that the day they would see you install, they would say, who taught this guy how to install? Yeah. It was Frank. That's not that Frank can do a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pride was involved. It's a reflection of you. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. That, that it, go, it all goes down to that, right? We gotta, we gotta keep on, we gotta keep on. This is why I'm this. saying nowadays, you know, you gotta take the time to teach these kids. You gotta take the time and teach them, and teach them the right way. We gotta but you've got to a ten-hour day. But we gotta take the time to teach them but they also have to be they have open to, want to, to, want to, to learning they because, to it, because it's that's, costing that's, us a that's lot that's of money. That's the number one rule. Can we all agree that's number one, number rule, one for rule for today's generation or any generation? You get on a job site is just shut up and listen. It's yeah, you like, see, you, you're saying I want to take the time to teach them but how much patience and how much money are you willing to lose to teach them? That's the yeah, problem. And it's going to get harder and harder as the generations. Danny, I'm sure you went over uh, a great amount of employees that came in and went out. Came yeah. in and went out. True or not? You'll work with a guy for half a day. You'll know right away you, you where, know where right he's away. coming 100%. from and where he's going. 100%. Yes. yes. There you go. But, but see now, maybe that half a day with the newer generation coming in, maybe you're saying we've got to teach them, we've got to take pregnant. Maybe that half a day has to be two weeks, three weeks. No. I don't think so. No way. I think you catch yeah. on right away. Yeah. You, you could catch on, but maybe he needs, like, I, I, guys, I, I'm I think just in all fairness, professionalism aside and everything, I think you can know within an hour 
I'm, I, I'm, I'm I, speaking I think to somebody so and too, seeing somebody. What I'm saying is that maybe we have to adapt to the newer people coming I know, in. Now. We, are we going to have to give them a bit more time? Two weeks is a long time. Okay, okay. Let's let's start with one week instead of four hours or one hour. Let's start with one week and see if this kid is actually like we don't know. Maybe he might just be overwhelmed that first day. And he's like, well, this is not, but maybe he's going to go home. But and like say, we've you know discussed what? before, it's a different generation where we have to coddle these guys and you have to consider mental health and you got to consider what their home life is like and all this other stuff. And I agree and disagree because your personal life is still your personal life. I have my problems too in my personal life. If I were to bring those problems onto the job site every day, the pr production inside that job would drop like a rock. Yeah. And you can't do that. When you get to work, you have a scope of work, you have a team, they have to keep on going. The machine needs to keep on working. Well, but if, if you got to be worried about, okay, what are all their issues? Yeah. And then decide, how do I train this person? How do I teach this person? But you get a lot of the younger generation. I don't know if you ever had it, Pat, or your dad ever had it. The biggest thing I see with the younger generation is if I teach this kid, he could be gone in two weeks and he took what I taught him and he started his own business. I don't think we ever worried about that. We never worried about that. No. And if ever it happened, my dad had guys that uh, grew with us for years, decided to go on their own. That's fine. That's fine. Do you know what? They came back. You leave Not that everybody. door open. Yeah, exactly. You have to. You have to. You don't close it. Yeah. Because they will be stuck. You will be stuck. There's no way that yourself or myself or Danny, we, we can't sit down for a year and teach you everything in construction no. because we're still learning ourselves. So if you decide to leave, don't leave with a closed door. Right. Leave with an open door so then if you get stuck, because you will get stuck, you want to make that phone call. That's right. That's, that's important. Right. So I, true. I do believe learning, someone my age wanting to get into the industry, learning, I find that we have it so much easier. Well, we're not saying your age now. You're 26, me. I'm, I'm talking about the 19 You're an old year guy, old. David. Yeah, <laughs> forget about that. No, no. We're, we're no, talking 19, 20. Or we started 18, 17. We're talking about this type of generation 10 years almost 10 years 10 now. years before you if someone wants to get into the industry and learn it's so easy now like we have our phone yes we could i mean manny i i i've, I've looked at your projects and you know honestly yeah i've taken tips from you i've done certain things that like you know I, i'll take you or for example i follow i don't know if you follow them and as builders yeah they do like, beautiful yeah. stuff and so if for us i i find it so easy to learn like oh they, they put it they even make a video on how to do it it's a, it's a double edge though yeah, because absolutely. the thing is and that's my hatred for pinterest is a lot of stuff that's presented on social media you look at it and you're like yeah i could do that you know like mm. i I've, yeah. I've done certain things where people homeowners or other tradespeople have reached out to me going i think i'm going to tackle that this weekend and i just say Good luck. You, you right? know what? Like, <laughs> you could, good you could, luck. You can look at you can look at social media and you can see and they, this guy it's is a filter. He, he's giving you the tips, but believe me, he's not giving you everything. everything. No, 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 he's, he's not, not giving you everything. But the person that wants to learn is gonna take that video and he's gonna experiment. So he's gonna do. Oh, I realized. He, okay, yes. okay. So I I, I, I fucked up here. Oh, yes. Can we swear? Yeah, of, of course, course you can. Swear. In French, in Italian, in English, any <laughs> oh, kind of language. I, I thought we were gonna be speaking more <laughs> Italian with Pasquale, but you're so well spoken. I can speak in Italian. You want to speak in Italian? No, I speak Portuguese. He's Portuguese. <laughs> I speak Portuguese. No, but I, the thing is that any smart person that's on social media, I never, I was conscious about that. I never wanted to do A, B, C, teach people how to do it. I wanted to inspire people, take what I've done and make it better. Mm -hmm. That's what our, our responsibility is. Like you can build a house. Sure. Build this house now. Try this. Make a different mousetrap. 
that's why I did what I did. And I don't think, I think the smarter ones on social media, they just plant the breadcrumbs. And you have to figure it out on your own. If you've got the passion for it, you will connect the dots and you will come up with something better. And then you may even share it back to the person you originally found it. Absolutely. I think that's important. True. I agree. We, we, we need patience. That's what it for is. For everything? For everything. <laughs> <laughs> we need patience for No, because he, he was, Pat was really adamant about that we have to take and we have to teach and we got to do this thing. Well, I think that we need to have a lot more patience. Two weeks. Well, one, one week. You, you Pat, is two weeks a long time? Uh, yeah, two weeks a is a long time. time. Let's think, see. Let's see. I think Can we give a week instead of a day? Because... We're the same way. I've I had guys work two days. Maximum, I can't. Like, you know? I can't. I can't put a time on it. Yeah. But what I can tell you is that, in my industry, I've been in it all my life. I'll speak to a guy for ten minutes. I'll give him the task. I'll just look at him for ten minutes, and I'll tell you where this guy's coming from and where he's going. Yes. Maybe that's me. And you. And this is be off. This you is won't be wrong. You won't be off. You'll th be on target. This is not what I'm Probably saying. Not. This is not what I'm saying. I'm saying is. We have to maybe open our eyes as an older generation and say, you know what? Maybe we got to look at it but differently. Maybe we got to give them more time. Don't forget your business, though, eh? You I, know, I know that. Okay, I, so I you know, go in and, or else we're and, gonna get stuck. and you want to make money per day and you've got your week planned. You've got your job planned. Here's your profit. And if the profit starts to drop because you're trying to help this one person to learn, maybe give them hope that they belong here. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. We don't know for sure. So then it's just a vicious circle then at this point, right? I don't know. <laughs> I, do, I, like, I think also it starts with the clients because the clients beat us down to yeah. get the price as low as possible. Yeah. And then we get to a point where do we do it or do I stay home and not lose money? Yeah. Like yeah, you absolutely. juggle that. You know, you just, you just mentioned something about uh, clients chiseling on our prices. I think in the last couple of years, I don't know about you, Danny, but... People are waiting for us to go get yeah. the jobs done. Well, that's because we are and where we are. And price is you know? almost secondary. Here? Many of my clients will tell me, well, my clients, my repeat clients just call me. They tell me, get this done, get this project done, and send me the bill. Give me a budgetary price. And usually that's what I do, not to argue. After so many years, I don't want to argue with any of my, cl my clients, but most of my most of my our work, Danny, agree with me or not. Nowadays, uh, take brick for example. You guys are in such demand that I, I speak to bricklayers, and it's like uh, there's there's a year ahead of them yeah. scheduled. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, that's what, it comes back to what I was saying before. I'm not going to get into a discussion with a client about I got another quote, and and I'm not going to. I'm not. I don't want those type of clients anymore. Right. You know, but having so much years experience like you do and like I do. We, rare, we rarely get those calls anyways, right? right? You know, right. so for sure the price. Yeah, but... Well, so we have to still say that this is our price, this is what it is, but we still have to be open to trying to, 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 teach, to teach someone, right? In the end, if it takes that week or that two weeks or whatever. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to figure out yeah, at what point no. do you realize that you're still running a business? I'm, I'm still being... Pro if it's a hobby of yours and you want to be Jeff Bezos and do a spaceship and go to Mars, then by all means, do it because you've got $300 billion. I want to be a cowboy now. This is my I new thing. <laughs> <laughs> but see, okay, so you bring up that because I know that everybody and a lot of listeners uh, have been watching Yellowstone, right? And I binge watched it as well, too. I think the majority of industry in construction industry would have given up on Jimmy. 
They would have said, forget the, it. Don't fucking talk to Jim. me about it. I just started watching it. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what, what season are you on? I'm the first on like a, oh, episode five. Okay, man. all right. Never mind then. Shut up. <laughs> but the thing is, so we're trying to figure out. I, I get the sense, Pat, that repeat business is valuable. It's huge. Because I get clients too that come back to me and they go, they don't even talk numbers. But they spoke numbers in the very first job that you did with them. And then you somehow convinced them that this is my price. This is what I'm worth. Then they, you walked them through the process. And all of a sudden, they like it was rewarding to work with you because you educated us. You taught us. And even though you, they still remind you every so often, they go, you're still the most expensive price. That, you know, but we went with <laughs> yeah, you. You're still yeah. the most expensive price. <laughs> but the thing is, then they'll call you back and they'll go, listen, we're looking at these drawings. Just take a look at it. We're not even talking numbers yet. But we're going to have that same conversation where it's like, give us the number. And you'll give them a fair price because it's a repeat. In your business, how many years did it take to start seeing the repeat work? I would say uh, being on my own, completely on my own. I, I've seen that after about four or five years. Yeah. Really? Eh? That quick? Yeah. 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 Don't forget, I already had a relation with some of these yes. uh, repeat clients because of my dad. My dad, at a certain point, I was running the show. I was totally running the show. Yeah. My dad was the owner. He would sign the checks. He would make yeah. the last call decisions. But I was running the whole thing. So I got to know these people knowing that this was going to be my future. Yeah. I think, with the, I think with the younger guys, though, they don't have patience for four or five years. If they'll even get the repeat business that way. If you're on your own, like I know, Dave, you're, you're taking over this. But if you're on your own, I don't think they get a lot of repeat business. I think it's a lot of one-offs. Well, it's because everybody's trying to make that, th those big bucks right away right? first away like just give me the biggest right paycheck possible exactly yeah you, you right? can look at it for a, a, a money perspective you know you go into a project if you're just starting off put 150 percent of that project sometimes even if it costs you a bit more the client sees that yeah you know, for example i don't know you're for sure for doing any type of job put 150 percent into it and you'll see that client will be so satisfied you know we're doing a project right now it's a little renovation and for us, it's like, you know, it's perfect inside. It's a walk jump. in the park. Yeah. It's for a, us, it's a walk in the park. Like it's a very small project. Things. But you're not treating it that way. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. But you can't. Simple the things. The client has worked for us ready for springtime. Yes. That's why. And I was, I was just going to say that even if you didn't get your price, you don't do 150. You do 200%. Yeah, absolutely. And, we, you know, we do Because someone's things. watching. It's we pride. Do, yeah, we do little things of, uh, I do believe we go over and beyond of what a general contract does do. As example is keeping the job site clean. Oh. You know, the client came oh, up to me the, 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 the first week, after the first week, he says, you guys are so clean. Like, I, I, I he was like, you, exactly, you, you I know, know why I mean? the majority of younger, and I'm not going to knock you guys, the millennials, the, well, the, young, the younger let's, construction let's, businesses, their sites are not that clean. Because that little robot vacuum thing can't go <laughs> over the dirt and everything. <laughs> Ryo, Ryobi makes a job site vacuum. A motorized one? Yeah. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, um, there was a carpenter I followed. I thought Makita one. would be like the first ones to do that. Oh, no. Come on. Maki Makita's would fall apart after today. <laughs> yeah, so. come on, man. It's all Dewald. If you want your job site to be clean, just don't hire an electrician. That's yeah, it. Yeah, oh. true. <laughs> true. But the, the little, little offcuts? The little offcuts. Right on brand new hardwood floor. Finding them in my house now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask you guys. So, tool wise, what are you guys? You're, you're yellow. Yeah, I'm a you're all Dewalt, eh? Yeah, and your dad was 
No, I'll your dad I'll, would. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, as far as tools, I always told him. I says, David, as far as work is concerned, you buy whatever tools you want. I don't care. Whatever works. But whatever Pat works, was for sure care. in the no. Those battery but tools, I'll, they're no good. At the for beginning, a hundred percent. He's like, no, they don't have enough power. Oh, totally against them. <laughs> Still today. <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> that extension. Still today. Where, where, <laughs> where was there a plug? I'm looking for an extension cord. It's like, no, no, no. Come on, let's just get a battery. I'm not system. in total disagreement, man. Like, I, but you know they have SDS. What's what's I, I have, have battery. He's got everything. Yeah, he's got to the T. He's oh, got yeah. every tool you can think of. He's got. That's another point I want to talk about today. Is is uh, these tools of today? In the olden days, I'll tell you one thing: is we had a saw, a hammer, a couple of tools, and we built churches and skill. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And we build. You build structures. Nice jobs. You built yeah. everything. Nowadays. There's a tool for everything. Uh, everything. A tool for if you want, everything. really everything. Yeah, absolutely. I got a little battery blower thing. I just use it because it's kind of fun. Yeah. That's all it is. Actually, man. just last night I was reading an article that they're creating a robot that's going to start installing and taping jibs on big, uh, big square footage. So it, it looks like um, looks like a giraffe. Uh, yeah. In English. Really? Yeah. So it grabs the the, the sheet. Puts it on, screws it, and it does. Uh, it even plasters. I, I don't believe. So in that what shit. happens when you get a cold column. ceiling column? Oh yeah, that octagon. No, no, no. The same thing like as big, I don't think it'll be flat square footage. Have you ever heard of Sam? Have you Sam. ever heard of Sam? What the the Sam. The, the brick? Sam is a bricklaying machine. Yeah, it installs bricks for you. you I heard of it? I, I've heard of it. I don't believe in it. I don't think it'll I've ever work. I've seen the concrete one. And I've seen the machine that does the the, uh, the road pavers. Yeah, the borders. Mm. Right. Right. So the road pavers have been big in Netherlands, I think, in Germany as but well. The road too. pavers I've been seeing and I've seen. That's them been for around a long for time. about twenty years yeah. or something like that. And that okay. makes a lot of sense because But it that just uniform. won't work here. I don't think it'll work here. No. Yeah. Not, not in no. this weather. No way. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, but David, uh, answering your question, uh, that, that machine you're talking about, gyps, does exist, did exist many years ago, but it was manual. So you would have to put the sheet no, onto but this. No, this machine screws it. No, the, 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 the actual uh, employee had to go screw it. Uh, but that, it would, that would be for commercial. It yeah, it had to be for commercial. But it has to be commercial. And okay, yeah, you got to program it. But that fucking build, that commercial build, and those studs and everything better be fucking to the T yeah. and as per plan. And which yeah. we all know that that's not what it's going to be. I can right? confidently yeah. say that. A tradesperson will we'll do a beat that we'll machine do a job on 100%. a custom rental. On a custom rental, hundred percent. Yes, on a yes. custom. Absolutely. And 100%. they will do a much better job, I think. Absolutely. Yes. I, I, it's the same feeling that I have for these brick machines. Yeah. That's it the biggest argument sure. now. I, I know that a lot of people are talking about everything's going to be automated. Everything's just changing. I mean, we our food is brought to us. Our cars are brought to us. Everything's like, will that happen to construction? Certain segments of construction. Yes, it will happen. If you're building a warehouse of some sort, you're going to iron bolt it together and built it and put on the prefab concrete panels. Sure. But you still, when it comes to custom and even track building, even subdivision work, I don't know yeah, unless no. you're just basically taking the entire house and just dropping it right on a footing yeah. on a foundation. Yeah. Well, which already happens, right? It does happen. Yeah. Are they good houses? Are they want, or are you going to drive down that street and, and park in your neighbor's driveway? Because they all look the same, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that what's going to happen? I think people are going to go back to old school. Absolutely. They're going to yeah, want custom. The, the renovation is you'll you'll never be able to. I don't think you can get rid of it. Ball, like there's there's no way. There's no. no way. There's too many factors. But I know? agree with you, Pat. How I think this younger generation has way too many tools to to rely on, 
to make them have a misperception of skill. Right. No, although I, I disagree. You don't I, think? No, yeah. because now the generation, now you're, the part of having the skill is being able to use the tool properly. Because the, ar the argument is you can give someone who's got like skill a really crappy tool and, and they'll still pull it job. off. But if someone's got no skill and you give them an amazing tool. No, but if you give him an amazing tool and he's, he learns and he's able to use it, it'll come out nicer than the guy sure. who has skill with the shitty sure. tool. So it's part of the industry now. I don't think we could. I, I don't think we can. We can shit on that because it is what it is. It's part of the industry. I, I guess the part I want to shit on is I think way too much money is being spent on all these new tools. Oh, I love it. I fucking love like, it. Like I still have Bosch tools that are green when they first entered Canada, <laughs> right? And and, and they st they're corded. They still work. And occasionally I I use them because I just find the nostalgic angle of it right because yeah. you I, had a plug closed yeah it just, well the thing is <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly if you're doing new you construction multiple plugs you got power you how got frustrating power. how yeah. frustrating is it when that battery is dead and you're and you're you're you know you're drilling or you're cutting or if you're the laborer who forgot all the batteries inside the truck overnight in minus 25 degree let me weather. tell you another one we were doing pharmaceuticals in quarantine uh, rooms how many times you got to dress up oh you go into the room in and out in and out go into the room and you're about to do your task, and all of a sudden your bat. Oh, I forgot to charge the Bush battery. Bashkwa, it's easy. You plug strip, the batteries in strip, the room. Strip, get out, strip, go out, and go back in. <laughs> no, plug the batteries inside the room you're honestly, working in. Problem solved. You see, they have no it's, plugs it's in just, these rooms. You, you got to create a procedure. Your battery dies right away. You have to be ready. Like you got to be organized. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have 50 batteries, and then well, you got to have so 50 charging stations. Beautiful. <laughs> It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> what do you mean? No, Where do no, all these guys, batteries go it. when they die? Because batteries do eventually die. And they don't go to battery heaven. They, they go, go to, to the world. same place the iPhones go to. I don't know fucking <laughs> they go. Know. They go to back to D-World. Oh, they yeah. give you a new one. Exactly. They go to Elon Musk and get put into Teslas. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or they whatever. Sound, they get they sound like a drill. Uh, let's not start talking about environment. <laughs> How Come do you on. think the Cybertruck is going to run? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't like the Cybertruck. And there's I keep on forgetting his name. I think his name is Will. He's in Sweden. And he just doesn't like it when I shit on on electric vehicles and and, <laughs> and Tesla and shit like that. Well, it's but gonna be all electrical anyways eventually, right? But is it the Cybertruck that bothers you or all electric vehicles? It's not all electric vehicles. It's the Cybertruck that bothers me because when it was announced, he was presenting marketing and not the truck. Yeah, that's what bothered me. Is there is and there so any there's creativity behind that, but the thing is, he was he was tugging warring with a base model F one fifty. Yeah. And first of all, he's having problems with that truck because it's built too big for the roadway. And Europe is asking him to make it smaller. That's one reason I've heard why it's not on the market yet, because it's supposed to be out already. Oh. And I also have another problem with him because remember, six years ago, he introduced solar panel shingles? Mm-hmm. Still not out. Still not out. Where are they? Yeah. So it's like there's great marketing, and that goes back to contractors, social media. There's great filtering of marketing, and then there's skill. I honestly feel that a Cybertruck is going to fail on a real job site. Minus 25 degree yeah. weather right now. You get into a, a mud pit. And nah. you're, you're forming. It's not even starting. In Come, this on. Nah. Come on. Forget about it. Come on. The we, battery like, is frozen. It's that's done. What, that's it's what, so your charge level is going to be like down to what? 50 kilometers? You're going to drive like tw two kilometers and you have that, to do uh, a so charge. So until I see it in a real construction site application, I, I'm going to say it's going to fail. I think it's a expensive, pretty tool. What about the uh, E150? The, the Ford, Lightning, the Ford Lightning? The Lightning. Yeah, yeah. so the, that, that has more possibilities. But the thing is, it's a different company that's handling the batteries, and Ford is handling the truck, right? Mm. 
Is it going to work? We don't know. It hasn't launched yet. GM is launching theirs too well, this it's, year. It's, it's got to work because I think that's the, it's got to work because it's the future. But but the thing is, is electric vehicles really the future? I, th- I think so. I, I well, look, so. I'm not smart enough to They'll be having this conversation with you, but exactly. I think there's smart enough people that so it's So can you got, imagine if every be. vehicle right now is electric? Well, then like we're going to end up being the Jetsons at some point, right? But if every vehicle was electric <laughs> right now in Toronto, every electrician I've spoken to said that every single person would have brownouts every single day. Well, 100%. You yeah. would you wouldn't we have, don't have the infrastructure for the charge. electric. That's the problem. Yeah. Right. Would have problem. to be at home, right? And then there's people that don't have the space at home to do but it. But you're right? in construction, so you're never at you're home. Never home. We're yeah. the only ones that were on the roadway yeah. when the pandemic was starting. Yeah. Well, they announced what, two years ago that all all new vehicles have to be electric by 2030. 2030. Every single one. Every new car sold ha- to has uh, to, to a person uh, to uh, on a personal level has to be uh, electric. I don't know how I don't know how people are going to do it to, to charge. Wow. Uh, living in the suburb is probably not too much of a problem. We've got large Because they're building the infrastructure for and that. And they're building them, too. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, the plateau area, yeah, mile end area, downtown area. you got these high-rises. So how are they going to work with these plants? But most people that it's live in that area, but, well, right, just like uh, don't have cars, La Mares Plante is doing, she's putting all the bike They don't have cars, but they're, they're they feeding into Uber. Yeah. So everyone keeps Uber. on saying that you, they don't have cars and they're not driving themselves, but they're creating more traffic because they keep inviting more Ubers to be on the road. Here in Montreal, and that's why we have congestion. Yeah. Here in Montreal, we're creating more traffic because our mares is is building bike paths everywhere. <laughs> but bike paths make no sense, especially in a city like yours, no, because you guys Let's have not four solid it. months of harsh weather. Let's not talk. And about I don't it. care how ballsy you are as a cyclist, and I used to be when I was younger. It gets bitter cold that you will not ride, and if you're riding a road bike, not a mountain bike, but if you're riding a road bike and you just hit a little piece of ice, man, it's no yeah. different in Toronto where we have our streetcars. Yeah. As a motorcyclist, I hate streetcar tracks because yeah. that's what you slide on. Yeah. So it's just you won't be riding. So now you're creating pathways, roadways for a service that's not even there for four months of the year. Let's not talk about it. Come everyone, on. everyone from Montreal listening is going to get very nervous. Let them get. I mean, it's a, it's a joke. Well, the thing is, you've got people well, it, that it, don't drive the Christophe roads. Christophe Colomb became like one lane. One, one lane. lane. Christophe That's Colomb, right. which is a very big street in the city, became one lane because they put a bike. Path. In Toronto, they they took all the one way lanes. Up. Saint Andre, Saint Andre. Saint Andre. Yeah, I, forget I went about this it. week. I went this week. They redid the road. They eliminated a whole uh, side of parking. I was going to my building. I couldn't park. I the the park. one there where we were building in the next to each other. Right. I I had to park two streets away yeah. in order to get to my building. Well, my house there, Langelier, next to where I live, was two lanes. They created a bike path bus lane, and it became one lane. But it, sh- like, it takes me the same amount of time to get to the highway. So construction-wise, parking, offloading, material getting yeah, the guys ready that's, that's a bitch are you working in downtown court like in toronto it's bad it's brutally bad i when you go look at a job and you go meet somebody like you're they're talking and you're looking around the street <laughs> you're trying to figure out and, and our mayor was really bright enough to start parking permits at 10 o'clock in the morning what contractor do you know that starts 10 o'clock in the yeah. morning <laughs> so we all show up at seven for the first week everyone's getting tagged until you wise up and then you got to try to get permits at that point. Yeah. So there's not really friendly. And then you try to bring in the big trucks to drop off lumber, drop off drywall, drop off all this stuff. And then yeah. there's the rules with hydro cables. You can't get a boom within 10 feet of a cable, yeah. but you've got to get this stuff in because there's no way that they're going to carry it up floor flights. Yeah. 
So it's that like you guys have the same mess. We got here. the same problem. Same that, mess. That's my dad's uh, first question. But you guys are an older city too. We have to we have to get permits, uh, street permits, in order you to block either some parking block spots. some sidewalks yeah. and, and parks. Uh, uh, get ready to pay some spots. tickets. Factor it in. Well, you always <laughs> got to factor it into your billing. Yeah. yeah. You always got to yeah. factor. Well, it in. they don't they don't make it cheap for you anymore. I went to go and see a job. I think it was on uh, on Clark or what what it was. They don't they don't make it cheap on you to reserve parking spots, man. No. Or an alley. Did you ever look into taking an alley for a week? You no, can't in Toronto. You can't close them all at all. Not even for a period of time. Forget it. Forget it. Really? We we have to pay permits just to park a bin on the street. Yeah, yeah so that's too. Yeah. Of course, so same thing. Because you're taking so up a parking spot. Yes. Right. You're taking up a parking spot, so you got to pay for those two parking spots, pretty much what it is. And then we have to deal with the neighbors that hate you because you're making noise and not beautifying their home. Yeah. You're beautifying their neighbor that they don't like. So the person that's staying home and collecting the chirp and he's complaining to me that <laughs> you're making noise at 7 in the morning, I get so fucking nervous. I get so nervous. It's like we have so many problems, and now we even have to deal with their problems. Well, they don't have a problem. They're home, and they don't want to hear noise at 7 in the morning because they're sleeping. Fuck you. Come on. Come on. That's another thing we have to point out. We're we're fighting with Mother Nature. We're fighting with inspectors. I don't know about Toronto, but Montreal, it discourages you. I, I heard it. I, I, I don't want the young to hear this, but unfortunately, Pashqua, choose what you want to do. You want to encourage people, you want to discourage but no, them. I you do, have to choose. I do, like when you I guys, do, but it becomes it's part, part of the, the job. Part of the of job. Course, you get used course. to it. You get used to it. So you have inspectors. You got CCQ inspectors coming on sites to check. So you, you have, have more CCQ inspectors coming on site to make sure that you guys are legitimate contractors versus inspectors that actually check out the structure if it's being built properly 100 percent. the structures yeah. that's weird let me to ask me. you let me tell you something the structures are the responsibility of the engineers and the professionals of the job yeah. not in toronto no such thing i remember years ago years ago we used to have inspectors before closing your walls for example before jipping closing your walls they'd have inspectors coming and check your electrical your plumbing make sure everything is intact we have before inspectors from from the excavation footings foundation Backfill waterproofing, framing, no roofing inspection, which I'm still pissed off about at all. And then they come back in for mechanical, so they'll inspect plumbing and HVAC. Electrical is a separate inspection as well. But it's it's it's, it's governmental. Oh yeah, no, you have to call these in. They all this is when they're showing up on site. They have to come in and sign off on this. But Toronto, the city of Toronto, yes, yes. The no, city the, the Greater Toronto area, that whole that whole area of seventeen cities. The government. That this is part of your permit process. So okay. you apply for a permit. These are all the stages that you have to, and then you get insulation, then you get drywall, and then they don't return until the final inspection. Wow. Oh, wow. To sign off. And you guys, nothing. Well, no. I'm sure you have the. But you guys get CCQ showing up all the time. Yeah, like, oh, show me your cards or CCQ. show me that you're, you paid security. Security too. You guys ever pull out like a deck of cards and just show yeah. them like. <laughs> Security, security, guards, security. Just the health. One, we get we get ministry labor, so the health. Yeah. One. I agree. On security, I agree one hundred percent. I don't yeah, want anybody sure. to get hurt. So now sure. it would be a good time for the segment, for the uh, what's the what's the, the green book? The green book green segment. Book. Actually, are right there now, any are there any this. health and safety green book? Green book is what we have back there in Toronto in Ontario, which is basically a that thick book that tells you all the things that you're doing wrong and what you'll get fined for it, right? Just the other day, Carlito was telling me that. You can be fined a minimum of 250 bucks to as high as $5 million if you go on the roadway and stop somebody with your hand and not have the proper training for a slow stop. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> because if you cause an accident, 
you're liable now. Yeah, there you go. You oh. cannot stop traffic. Well, we have the same rules here. Yeah, we Just have kind of the same rules, but what I was thinking is so instead, like instead of doing the green book, because now in construction, what are we going to call it? It's probably worded differently. Yeah, I'm sure we. But we're going to uh, call it uh, How Did the CSST Fuck You? <laughs> What's your best CSST can, story? Okay, so CSST I can, I can would be the. Danny just wants to piss off everybody. I can give you. Well, a, no, you know why? Because it's it's we all. Because everybody gets it. I we didn't all have even. A story. I, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even talk to them about it before, and I'm sure I'm bringing it up. You have a story for sure. Absolutely. So, not, da David, you got a story ago. too, being so early in the business. Uh, why have a CCQ story? Well, yeah, well, not CCQ. Uh, CSST. CSST security. Uh, yeah, I guess the the scaffold uh, the scaffold yeah. one. So we had uh, we had an issue with uh, with uh, a mason. That is, Danny. No offense to you. I'm. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. We're cowboys. We know that. <laughs> so I guess it was uh, it was more availability. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, I hired this uh, mason to do this uh, job. Puts up a scaffold. And that day, for some reason, I had two. Uh, and what's what's frustrating about these. Uh, inspectors is that they'll walk in the street like civilians as soon as they get in front of your job they'll put on put their hard hat hats on. white yeah. hard hats yeah good day how are you fine fine are you in charge of this project yes i am i'm the general contractor i hired this company to do the job fine great stuff he's taking pictures all over the place he says to me by the way he says there's a scaffold board missing at 42 inches off the working yeah. feet so i replied to him and i said you're possibly right. I says, but there's the uh, the croix, the, uh, the, cross, yeah, braces. the cross braces, yeah. cross braces that are preventing an employee from falling. He says, no, no, no. Even though you have the cross bracing, you still have to have yeah. that uh, that uh, scaffold board across at 42 inches. So I says, listen, no problem. I gave out the job to these guys. I just got on the job. I yeah. didn't see what was going on. I just got here at the same time with you. So what did I do? picked up scaffold boards, I went up myself, uh, and I placed them all uh, yeah. at the right height. I says to him, is everything fine? Perfect, he says to me, it's perfect. Takes down some information, the name, the name of the sub-trader, the mason. Uh, about two weeks later, I get a notice, a registered le there letter, you go. a fine of $2,500. For I what? Said, for not having that. For not having board. whatever. But you went so up and did it. That's yeah, but that's why I have something against the CSST. This is what I'm saying. Nothing happened. They had just got to that level. I was there. I took it, and I went and placed you know, it. You know what bothers me the most about the CSST? I get a fine of $2,519. And there's nothing this, you could do, I give man. this to my daughter. My daughter's a lawyer. I give it to my daughter. I says, uh, what do we do with this? I says, I was in good faith. I went up. I put the scaffold board in place. There's you nothing you could it. do. You're you going to pay, pay for it. For it. You can't even fight it. No. no. You can't contest it. You could contest, but it's going to cost you more money. The just pay, the, just the, pay for it. The actual ticket is coming from Palais de Justice of Quebec, Absolutely. right? It's coming from Correct. the courthouse of Quebec. It's not coming from the CSST or whatever. It's Listen, coming from... I, I once got a ticket for using a mobile device while I was driving, and yeah. I contested it, and I won. I fought it, and I won. And I'll just let everybody know that I was using it. Yeah. You can contest it. Like I just you, feel you that could, you could get tested, but you're going to a, court. A, you're losing a day of work at court. As a, so that's that's where the issue is. But my issue with the CSST is that though th their Sante security, right? So their job is to make sure that you're being safe on the job site, and maybe it's the same. 
Okay, but that's but exactly what Pat did. But yes, but they'll watch you from a distance and they'll be watching you be unsafe for 10 minutes before they're going to come on the site and say, this is not safe. But I said, if your job is for us to be safe, shouldn't you see us and say, everybody get down, do it right away. Your job exactly. is to make us safe. That's instead how it they're, in the instead past. They're, they're looking from a distance to make sure to find everything that's unsafe so they could find you. Yeah, they're looking, they're looking to, they're to, looking to find, to find you. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? In so the it's, past, just a, it's just a cash grab, not a safety grab. Well, they, well they no, call we got a hope. Safety we, got, we got to hope that it's they're they're there. For, we have to hope that we're paying into this because they care about our safety. Okay, so and my question is, where does that money go now, to pay that person to come on site? Exactly. To find another well, I'm sure. person. I'm sure. A report about this thick. A report about yeah. this thick. About that one incident. Pictures on top of pictures on the oh code, of the code of the article, a whole but book. Look, we can't we can't get away on from a. Uh, scaffold board that was not put at 42 inches. Do you guys have the same BS rule where everybody that works on a job site has to have their PPE and everything has to be legitimately what's, safe? What's PPE? what's PPE? So protection, your personal protection equipment. So your hard hat, your safety boots, yes. your safety yeah, goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But homeowners are exempted from it and they can walk on a job site with high heels. Kids can walk on a job site with those roller skating shoes. No hard hat, no nothing. And not they here. won't get fined. Not here in Quebec. So the homeowner has to be completely protected too. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's a yeah. good thing. I've heard cases of the owner giving out a job to a general contractor, and the owner is visiting his site. And they got fined. They got. Yeah. They got told to move off. To walk well, onto no. any job site in Quebec, you have to pass a, a, like a weekend course. Even though it's your safety. dwelling, you're yes. the homeowner. That's yes. right. Yeah. Well, um, you we, fall we, and get hurt. Who's responsible? Yeah. In Ontario. Uh, I've had this argument. So you're getting staircases ready. You don't have railings in. Homeowners come over to take a look at it. The kids come along, and all of a sudden, they could fall right over. No longer, the homeowner has the insurance for their own. So if something happens, it falls on the homeowner now. And the bylaw officers have no right to speak up. Who is that? That's the homeowner. They have nothing to say now. Yeah. This is the safety card. So you have to pass. It's a weekend course. So even the homeowner has to pass Absolutely. that. Yes. Well, if he wants to be on See the job site during construction. I think that's a good... Because how many designers do you guys get on job sites that show up in stilettos? <laughs> oh, so they do show up, they but they can up. get fined technically. Yes. In Ontario, they show up and they say, well, my boots are in the in my Lexus. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's rare. It's rarely. Um, you have to really be like. Let's say it's not like we see. We don't have a big like the big job sites have a big presence of. I think it's everyday meetings well, with the security, but us that do these smaller jobs, there's not a big presence of this entity, this CSST that are. I I don't see them often. I don't know about you guys, but me during the year. Well, I don't in see my, them often. Uh, I'm sure in the commercial my stuff and in the, the commercial industrial, yeah, it's uh, we do uh, pharmaceutical processing. Oh, that's different. You don't yeah. walk in there without safety glasses, yeah. Yeah. hard hats, harness. No, but I'm saying uh, is, there someone, face there? Mask, is there, is yeah, there someone there? Face mask, Is there someone there from the CSST uh, every day? No, there's CSST somebody there no. from the owners. From the owners or the engineering firm that gave me the contract to yeah. do my, my but it, tasks. It's mostly the client that obliges us. Yeah, because of his insurances, right? And I'm yeah. sure his liability might be. Yeah, but well, that's the funny thing. I learned quickly in the first year of construction, I was building a new house and I had all the proper insurance. The homeowners had their insurance. Then I later on found out that if someone is on the street and they want to break into my job site and they jump the fence and they get hurt, I'm liable. <laughs> Same here. That's dumb. I'm sorry to say, but that's dumb. You basically have committed a crime by trespassing a job site that has notifications saying danger, work, construction, 
and you're covering yourself and you blocked from being entered, but then you jump that and you get hurt. Now you're responsible. Mm -hmm. That's not right. I'm sorry, but that's not right. It's fucked up about all these things that we have to talk. We have to think about. That's all this stuff on top of trying to make money. money. And now you want to spend two weeks educating a new guy. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, but I'm trying to be open-minded about it because, like, the the whole comments of my last one from everyone. This is Danny. You're always talking about the same fucking thing. The this, the but I'm trying to be open-minded about it. That's it. Leave me alone. It's a talking. It's a talking war. Like I, I think the kids. Okay, as much as we want to teach, all of us at this table have the ability to teach, and everybody that's been on the show has ability to teach. They have to be willing to absorb it. They have to be. And oh, if they you, want if you it. Sense they need it. They, they, they have but to maybe want it. Want it. They, yes. they have to want it, but maybe now the younger kids. It's gonna take them longer to understand it than those ten-minute conversations that I have with Pat. That's done forty-six million it hours. It was in done differently back then. Like there was a different. Mi- so, so maybe Pat, we're gonna have to be a bit more open-minded about it. See, Pat, you didn't have to fight technology. You didn't have to fight. No, Pat, I could be a YouTuber and make ten million dollars a year if I wanted to. No, Pat had to fight hunger. What survival? <laughs> right? Survival and, 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 and well, not hunger. I but I'm saying to sur- that point. But I not, know what you're saying. You know what then. I mean? Not I hunger, know. but the yes, but the you, uh, yeah, you, gotta work. you have to exactly. pay the house. You have to pay the food for the groceries right. and shit. And was, uh, I know, but you're dealing with a generation that they can't afford homes. And like when I start reading articles about how there's stuff going on in Winnipeg right now, how people are grouping themselves together for multi generational purchasing. So you're, let's say, in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, or 70s, whatever, you buy a percentage of a home now, and now you live with five other strangers. Well, that's what's happening here, too. That, yeah, of course. Is it happening here, too? Well, of just course. yesterday, David, oh, yeah, yeah, your witness. Yeah. Because yeah, you, can't, right. you can't afford it. An we, individual he's, can. he's got some properties, and just the neighbor beside, we were, we were talking to him, and we know that the building was up for sale. The building sold, and we were asking, well, who, who are the owners? Who bought? He says, well, we bought the upstairs. And this other couple bought the main floor Imagine. with the basement. Imagine. So that's what's going on t- nowadays, too. Homes are very expensive to buy nowadays. Yeah. How is a new they couple can't. They can't. Start off, starting tough. off in life? Uh, Imagine you have two kids or something. I don't know how people do Starting to buy these uh, homes, average homes are at five, $600,000. How, how can they buy it? And them? it's no better outside of the core. Because it's just as expensive. It's still it's inflated. Stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. better in the sense where maybe you might get a bigger home for five hundred thousand, but you're still paying. But occupational wise, you have to make sure that you can work remotely or you work within that vicinity. Yeah, but then, then you got to Yeah, exactly. Because or else, if you're working in construction and working, you got to deal with traffic. Three hours of traffic to go and come back. Can't, it's part you can't of your do day, that. right? Well, then again, that's why all these condos are being put up. Who are buying all these condos? Yeah. Wherever you look around, there's condos that are popping. But up even the condos the are like four hundred grand. Fine. They're more. They're more affordable than buying a 600 but the majority well, you're buying a piece of air at four hundred thousand. that's the problem man you know what i mean it says you're in the air they're gonna adapt danny they're I gonna know. adapt i know so the new generation they're all going into condos yeah but you can't raise a family in a 600 square foot condo you can't like a bedroom plus a den i think we're gonna have no choice though like the new the, the newer generation is gonna have no choice there's just not any land a one any. bedroom den in montreal downtown is what in toronto it's like a million dollars that's crazy that's starting expensive. well well depending I don't, I don't on how high you get i don't no. think we're that far off a guys one i'm sorry million dollars downtown downtown montreal let's say we're going that's the no old parking port. spot if you want a parking spot it's another hundred and twenty-five thousand. yeah go in, go in the go in the that's old crazy. port These, this is fact wow. 
this is fact. Guys, we're, we're not scary. We're man. not far off, guys. Honestly, 600 square feet is what? A little larger than this room? A yeah. little bit, yeah. A little bit larger than this room. Your yeah. entire home is in this room. Yeah. You're looking at, yeah. You Twice know? the size of this room. I don't think we're at a million, but I don't think we're that far off, uh, guys, down there. Even if you're at 700,000. Well, unless you go downtown. That's what, but that's what he's saying. Him, he's yeah. singing the downtown. Core. Uh, for, yeah. uh, for a three and a half, let's say, a one bedroom. Let's see. Downtown Old Port, yeah, you're going to yeah. be six, seven, eight hundred. That's a friend of mine, but uh, he bought he bought two of them. He spent uh, $2 million. There you go. Yeah. Do you guys tackle downtown. condo work? No. I no, don't touch me it. Me too. I don't touch it. I, I don't think, I don't think anyone. Do you guys have restrictions? So you can only start at a certain time. You got to get out by a certain time. You got to book the service no, elevator. No, no. To we get don't stuff. know because no. we, I never built never did. I did one. I did one. And, I'm not and that was it. No, no, no. That's no. it. The rules yeah, were just way too. Then you got to deal with the condo association. Yes, and all the kinds of stuff. And, the and if and you the damage anything in the hallway, yeah. now you're responsible for repairing it. Then they get assessed after five years. Yes. And you're going back and back. And Imagine back. I, I wouldn't touch that. Yeah. What we did, uh, we also buy, uh, we buy properties. We revamp them, fix them, put them out for sale. Some we keep, some we sell. That's the most we'll go as far as uh, condos, personal right. development or yeah. Condos. That's the way to go. I think that's the way to make Can money. you still get the return here in Quebec, oh, yeah. in Montreal? Because in Toronto, there's no way you can get the return if you flip it. If you try to sell it as soon as you finish it, you will not get the money that you've invested in it to make uh, any profit. I think that's going to change because, again, it's all wrapped in the thing. There's less and less skill. Like a regu- There's less and less people that are professionals that have the money to buy this six, $700,000 house and have to revamp it. They don't have the skill to do revamp it. So you're gonna, people are going to pay a premium to be able to have a Cleoman, we call. Uh, they watch a few shows on TV. Yeah. They'll, they'll know yeah. how to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you guys yeah. have your Quebec shows here. Yeah. Yeah. All do? the French guys here, don't you? Your I Renault shows. I don't watch any don't Quebecois TV, man. I, I, I think don't. you do. I think you do have we, some. We do. Oh, there's we do. Yeah, like, there's we a guy, don't. Joe Clee, no? But him, he's just like a, I don't know, like an Instagrammer or something. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. But uh, I, I don't watch any Quebecois shows. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. Uh, <laughs> I go into the. Everyone thinks. I I know everyone knows how I feel about them. Yeah, you love those shows, huh? I do not. They make it sound so I, easy. I, I have you a know friend. what? Star Wars is more realistic than those <laughs> <no> shows, okay? <laughs> I, I have a friend who I won't name the show. I want to name the friend, whatever it is. I have a friend. Just tell me. Okay. <laughs> whatever show it is, it's one of the shows you hate for sure because you hate all of them. But they he they did they redid his basement. Uh-oh. And you're right. When you're panning the cameras and everything, it looks great. But uh, like we actually see the, the work that was done was quick it was like uh, like a do-it-yourself renovation is what it was it's bad huh it was a do-it-yourself doesn't that renovation. like as professionals doesn't that make you cringe like yeah. doesn't it like don't you love when a client says hey i saw something on tv wow. oh, yeah. pinterest house oh, pinterest uh, yeah. yeah house oh yeah it's like, <laughs> oh great but it's, that's that's not construction <laughs> those shows are not construction it's it's business it's no, entertainment I, and i would do the same thing if i was making more money listen you know. These TV shows are it's obviously in it for money, right? Yeah, so it's entertainment. I'm sure. I'm well, sure it's a mis. It's 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 misinformation. Yeah. That, that I really wish that they would look at the professionals and and just ask their opinion. If I was getting into a rocket and going to Mars, 
I'm going to talk to somebody that's been in a rocket, at least out there, to talk to them about, okay, what to expect, right? These fucking shows are like, hey, I'm a, I'm a dental hygienist, and my husband is a high school teacher, and our budget is $5 million. I bought this Martini's a hammer here, and I think I can swing a hammer now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a grab-up before we wrap it up. Sure, I we're, we're, we gonna get, yeah, uh, we're getting close mine. to wrap I it up. Mine. And uh, thank you so I much, Danny, for bringing the, the alcohol beverages here. So then uh, I love that we have no rules. <laughs> There's no rules, man. Soon we're going to need a passport to go and buy these at the sack. Mm. Oh, hey, uh, quiet. <laughs> quiet about that. Okay. This has been a pleasure, gentlemen. I really appreciate it finally meeting you guys. And, and um, I don't know. We, we never really have the answers. I know that. Oh, look, Pat, Pat's been short here now. Oh, we got to open up the other bottle. I know, Danny, last Danny? time that you were on the show, Danny we talked a lot about this, and, and we're trying to figure it out. But I think the biggest takeaway with this show is if you are young, find your mentors. Yeah, find people yeah. either on a job site. Salute. 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 Who is this cheers to? To us. To all to us and the future mentors. To the future kids. Yeah, to the future. To the future. Yeah, I was just saying, just find your mentors. Like, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to people that are on social media or don't be afraid to go to the job site. And don't think that if you go to a job site a dozen times, they're going to think that there's something weird with you. You're just trying to show them initiative. You're just trying to show them that you're interested in being in this industry and you want to learn, but you just don't have anybody in your or, immediate circle. Or the best way to say it maybe to the young people is convince someone to be your mentor. I think is a better way to put it. And you gotta be persistent. And whatever you do, when I, when I have people coming back and back and back, I'm going on a sub trader, not too much employee. Uh, I've done that owner, since day one. Sub trader. They keep coming back. They keep coming back. So eventually he says, you know what? Let me try this guy out. Yes. And it turns out good. Yeah. And whatever you do, put 150, 200% yes. into whatever you do. Doesn't matter which job Don't it do is. Don't do it for the paycheck. Don't do it as if it was your first job and you were so hungry for it and you were passionate and you want to try new things. And then, and then also I tell the guys, listen, if you're doing free little things here and there and you're adding extra value but it's never part of your original scope, remind the client of that. Mm -hmm. Don't make it sound as if you're doing them a favor. Just let them know that you've spent that extra effort so then they're aware of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all. And I also want to point out uh, many times I'm asked people that know me known of me in the business for so long aren't you retiring she says no i'm enjoying myself yeah. i love what i do so if these kids could hear this it's it's so interesting absolutely there's so many chances that th there is in this industry but you have to think pat at one point there's an exit like you're gonna have to eventually stop which will be the beginning of you starting tinkering on your own home Right? Because you'll yeah. finally finish that one. I have this conversation with my <laughs> wife many times. She keeps telling me, yeah. when are you going to decide to retire? <laughs> I don't know. I enjoy it till God gives me help. I enjoy. I enjoy projects. I enjoy sitting down with... Many times I sat down with architect engineer. We studied the project together before it's on paper. We can work it out this way. We can do this. We can do that. It's so interesting. Then there's so many opportunities. I have, w I have one last question for Pashqua. Two things, and I'm, I'm looking at it. Pinuts. I'm looking at it in my perspective. Two questions. Are you proud of your son and what he's like done up until now? And what's, your, what's the words that you can tell him and how you want him to advance in the next 30 years 
That's uh, that's a very big question. I know, man. You know what? I'm asking. One of them, the answer is very simple. But yeah. secretly, yeah, secretly, you, you, you know what? It's, you know what? Because yeah, I'm sure, like you're like my dad. I'm sure you never told him, and I would no, love I for him to. Uh, no, that's one thing. I'm it. not that old school. I, okay. I, I, I give him a pat on the back. He, he knows. <laughs> he knows. He deep well, down, he knows. You know, he knows. And I've, absolutely, I'll say it again. I'm very proud of him. He's doing great work. He listens. He's, uh, he takes chances on him, uh, you know, by himself too. Because as an entrepreneur, uh, you don't have to be afraid of uh, tackling a job. Yeah. There's always a solution. Yeah. Always. Uh, and your advice for the next 30 years? My advice for, him. for the next 30 years is to be honest, keep doing what you're doing, put in 150 percent, and even if it does cost you an extra day or two to finalize a job to your taste, to make sure that you know that the client will be happy. Don't worry about finance. Don't worry about money. You have a whole life ahead of you to make that money. To make that money, and what's important is that most clients—I don't know if you'll agree with me—but most clients forget about what they paid. Yeah. But the job is there. Yeah. Yeah. They what see you it. The job is gonna what stay there forever. Yes. They what see it what every you day. deliver at the end. So this is something yes. that came from my dad. He always told me that job is gonna be there forever. Hundred percent. Money. They'll forget. Yeah. You know, it's important, but eventually. Don't make more, buy another place, exactly. hire you again, do exactly. it again. Exactly. That's exactly. it. Exactly. Good, man. Okay, we got one last segment to do, but oh. I just want to. The questions, the right? The questions, the questions, but Aldev, Aldev, right? Yes. Aldev Construction, www.aldevinc.com, and then the email is dpe. P-E at A-L-D-E-V-I-N-C dot com. And on Instagram is Aldev Construction. Yes. So. Like and follow. The 12 questions. Yeah, like and follow them, man. Because like you're going to get, you're gonna yeah. get some. You guys are going to get, get a, a few followers after this. We're one. not we're, we're not big on the Instagram like Manny and, and Danny. But I'm I, honestly, that Manny, I don't know how you have time to make posts. Like, we're on the job I've side. been quiet lately. I just, whatever. He gave I you the answer. He's got no kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that I know of. Uh, <laughs> here are the 12 questions, one by one, guys. What is your favorite construction word, Pat? My favorite construction word, it'll get done. Uh, it's not English, but I... I it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Booyak. Uh, Booyak. So, Booyak. My dad knows what that is. And honestly, it's, 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 it's Portland cement with water. But Beca as a kid, becomes a glue. <laughs> yeah, it becomes yeah. a glue. It becomes. It so becomes as a kid, it was a funny booyak. word. Booyak. You, you don't know about it, Danny? What do well, you use? Booyak. For, for when you got to stick granite, for example, uh, in the olden days, you stick granite on a concrete, existing concrete floor. You would just mix Portland with water. Portland water. It becomes like a a paste, a molasses, a paste. Yeah. So you would paste the floor. Yeah. Give it twenty minutes, it becomes a glue. Then you apply your mortar and your piece. St. Mary's whatever. Portland. Just regular Portland yeah, cement? Regular Portland cement. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Ubuyak. Ubuyak. B-U-Y-A-K. That's what I love about this show. I learn something every single time. <laughs> What's your least favorite construction word? Can't do it. I'm not on time. <laughs> I feel like that's a recurring yeah. one. The I can't do it. I, I can't or... Yeah, just the impossible. It's like... It's always a solution. As general contractors, we execute, right? That's our we objective. We execute. That's part of the job occupation. Right. Yeah. I know. What turns you on in construction, gentlemen? Complete jobs, satisfied clients. Satisfied clients. Mm. The, the, after a day's work, looking back at what you did, you're like, that, that's, you know, that's what makes me happy. 
What turns you off in construction? Minus 35. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's cold. The grappa's been helping, but it's cold. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make it. We're gonna Weather, make it. eh? Weather's bad. Weather. Or people complaining. Like, yeah. just, come on. Grumpy. Grumpy Grump. people, yeah. What is your favorite curse word? Could be any language. I don't know. I hate to swear. Hey, if you don't know the story, then don't swear. Look at this classy man. Look don't him. swear then. Don't swear. <laughs> He's wearing a three-piece suit under his uh, uh, hoodie. Don't, don't swear. <laughs> David, uh, you swear. Yeah, I'm, d- I'm definitely uh, a lot of a lot of fuck is, is, is coming out of my mouth on certain days. If things are not going well, yeah. How do you say fuck in French? <laughs> There's a hundred of them. Well, yeah. fuck in French is seal, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fuck, yeah. In fuck, yeah. Oh, right. But, yeah, like, I guess the, the, the like, classic tabernacle. Tabernacle, yes, yeah. that's right, tabernacle. Uh, what is your favorite vehicle, guys? Anything in the world? My Porsche 911. Nice. What year? It's uh, 12. Is that, like, the last one that was standard? Is that is that the no, year? Mine is automatic. So, standard. by the way, uh, to the listeners, that was a seasoned general contractor driving a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> just just a heads up. That's all. <laughs> David? Oh, I love my iPhone We don't do it for the money. Your iPhone We do it yeah. because we love it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is your least favorite vehicle? Hyundai. <laughs> Anything, huh? PT Cruiser. <laughs> oh, that's one of the ugliest vehicles ever in the world, man. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you guys hate? Or, sorry, do you guys love? Diesel purring engines. Yeah, we get these, I, uh, I get these I pumps coming on the job. I we got these humongous it, yeah. pumps, and you hear the it's sound. It's a nice rhythm, man. Beautiful rhythm. Yeah. It's a beautiful rhythm. It gives me a bit of PTSD, though, for me to diesel engines because of my forklift and all the fucking struggle. The, only way, you're gonna, the only way you're going to get that sound out of the Cybertruck is if it's on the radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you put, if you put it as the horn. <laughs> right? David? I, I like the nailers. You know, the sound. Pneumatics. Of the, yeah, 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 yeah. What construction sound or noise do you guys hate? The worst. I just had it this week. Diamond bit blades cutting concrete slabs. Mm. I just can't take it. It's a screech. It's hard. It's a high pitch. Those things are turning at 5,000 turns per minute. It's uh, It's harsh. harsh. I'll go the same. (laughs) It's a hard one. What profession other than your own own would you like to attempt one day? Pilot. Hmm? Well, with your porch, get a plane, and you'll be okay, man. I'd like to fly. I took some courses already. (laughs) I started to. uh, Yeah? I love it. It's beautiful. David? I, I think mechanics. A mechanic? Yeah. What profession would you guys not like to do ever? Surgeon. Yeah. yeah, I have a little story about that. We just did some work for some doctors. And he says to me, he says, my God, we had to install some beams, support, support, before putting in the beams. He says, my God, how'd you guys do that? Like, how do you know? So I turn around and says, how do you have the guts <laughs> to take a knife and cut a human being? Well, yeah. he says, that's, to us, it's routine. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's it. To us, it's routine to put those beams. Technically speaking, it's the same thing. It's the same what thing. you do and what he does, mm-hmm. the same, same thing. thing. For me, I spoke mm-hmm. to a brain surgeon who said it's, uh, it's like you. It's, it, it, it's not like you, like our skill, but it's like us. It's practice, and it's, it's not as hard as you think. I know, but if you leave a little electrical wires in the brain, there's going to be a different well, situation if there's an there. electrician, <laughs> if there's an electrician in the room, there will be an electrical wire in the guy's brain. That's yeah, for sure. It's going to get dirty. <laughs> David? Um, I don't know, garbage man? Yeah. If heaven exists, gentlemen, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly <laughs> gates? Danny, you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> when I get to those gates, I hope I did a great job. <laughs> you absolutely did. 
You're way, way away from it. Yeah, I never. Uh, welcome home. <laughs> oh, that's a good I one. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Danny. Right, uh, anything man, else no you problem. want to share? No, how I think how was my first co-host? It was amazing, experience. man. You're great. Thanks. That's, that's what I want. Am I better than Carlito? Start, yes. Start. <laughs> stop picking at the millennials, man. Leave them alone. I, 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 I'm not. Thank you very much for having Thanks, us. Thanks, guys. No, thank, thank you, you guys so much for making much. the time to be here and, and 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 totally enjoyed meeting you guys and listening to what you guys have to share, man. I'm uh, I, I listen very very often when we're Thanks. in traffic. Thanks. And honestly, fantastic podcast. Thanks, man. And I would like to thank Danny for organizing. Yeah, all he's this. the one that organized yeah, this and got Danny, it all going. Yeah. So and you know what? From now on, I'll be listening. <laughs> <laughs> he knows where the podcast is now. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We're out of here. Thank we're you. on to the next one, man. A little break first. Thank you very Thanks. much.